Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. On this beautiful Saturday morning, welcoming your gardening questions either by phone or by text. And the person that's going to feel those questions is our friend and master gardener, Teresa Rooney. Hi, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. Nice to see you Good again. Good to see you. It's a beautiful day. A, a cool, cool. A little cool, mm-hmm. but uh, still uh, still a beautiful morning. We hope to see some sunshine tomorrow. Yes. Uh, but you... you Got kind of a busy day today, don't I you? I do have a busy day. Okay, now, everybody, the royal wedding's done. You can yeah. keep your fascinators on. But what you need to do, and listen to the show, and then as soon as the show is done, head over to Normandale College. Um, What's going the, on there? The Hennepin County Master Gardeners are doing their annual plant sale. We mo- we moved this one year because of uh, building over at the Pavilion in Hopkins. Uh-huh. So these are plants grown by Master Gardeners. They've pulled them up from their yard. They've divided them. They've cared for them. We've also grown a lot of vegetables, and I believe we had uh, contracted with Glacial Ridge to bring in um, a lot of natives. So we'll be like tons of Master Gardeners there, really mm. good prices. Master Gardeners to answer any and all of your gardening questions. That's right. They're in Normandale. Normandale. 98th, is it? 90th? I think it's somewhere down yeah. there, yeah. And, and then um, also the uh, Japanese garden is absolutely gorgeous down there. And that's ah. open and free to the public. So take some time to grab your camera. That's and today. That's all today, yeah. The, the Japanese garden's open all the time, but it's okay. beautiful. But yes, the uh, the plant sale is starting at 9 o'clock, so... Excellent. Yeah. And a nice, comfortable day to, and to browse. Yeah, this year, it's not a monsoon like yeah. it's been a few other years. <laughs> or a million years. degrees. Or yeah. a million degrees. Yeah. So it's really nice. And So go and get some good plants and support the Master Garden. Sounds great. And we will remind our listeners of that very thing, Teresa, before mm-hmm. you uh, leave us today. And you can wear your fascinators or your hats oh, if sure. you still got hey, them. Sure. It's celebrating. That's this. Yeah. Just keep the celebration going. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Texter earlier this morning sent a uh, text, uh, Teresa, it says, as far as pre-emergent, is it too late to apply that pre-emergent to our lawns? You know, if you're up north, it's probably not. If you're down here, it probably is. Most of the crabgrass has probably already sprouted. You may get some weed seeds that haven't sprouted yet. That, But it is probably getting on the late, later side of that. So, again, read the instructions on the package. It'll tell you what kind of temperature the soil should be, and then you can go online and find out the soil temps and, and see that, yep, it's probably just a little too late. If you want to phone in to Teresa, your lawn or garden question, 651-989-9226. Here's one, friends. Is it friends? France? France from Apple Valley. France, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi there. Thanks for taking my question. You sure. Say, oh, over the uh, winter when the snow melted, in our backyard, we've got probably a 10 by 20 foot area that looks like it's got big dirt mounds and a very soft 
ground. It's too big for moles. I'm thinking it's gophers, and I have oh. no idea how to get rid of them. Ooh, gophers are tough. A, yep. Okay. Gophers are tough. Um, I would suggest going to extension.umn.edu and seeing what you can do to make their life so uncomfortable they want to move. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it may mean playing music outside and being out there an awful lot and maybe some repellents that have bad fragrances, um, things like that. Uh, these The ground-dwelling critters, they're really hard to get rid of because the moles and the gophers and the chippies, they can hide in their burrows and, yeah. and get around us really easy. So they're really hard to... To get rid of sometimes. My pest control guy, Mike, friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, said really as far as now if it's moles. could be moles mm-hmm. because moles do that similar thing They too. do a lot of digging, yeah. Uh, in fact, I saw that in my backyard too <laughs> uh, where it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, Some people believe in killing the grubs, mm-hmm. their food supply. Mm-hmm. But Mike says the best way to get rid of moles, it may mm-hmm. be ugly, mm-hmm. but it's those traps. Yep. It's the it's the kill traps, it's the, the little the, guillotines. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's an option. Um, double check with, with uh, gophers and woodchucks. I'm not sure if they're a protected species. Yeah, that's so good to do. you may just want to double check. Um, moles aren't a protected species from what I understand. No. So you could. And anyway, even if they are, lots of these things, if they are protected, if they're bothering your gardens, you have a, a legal right to, to tell them to get out of there. There you go. Yep. They don't pay rent. They don't pay rent, no. 651-989-9226. Good luck with that, uh, Good luck. Yeah, that's those are toughers. If you uh, prefer to send, Teresa, your text message, 81807. Here's one. A veggie garden gets lots of shade due to mature trees. And it just jumped off the screen. Uh, suggestions for veggies that are okay with shade or mm-hmm. other thoughts. Yep. Um, what I'd probably do is look for the vegetables that are just, you're growing them for their leaves. Uh, lettuces, spinach, kale, uh, even sometimes you can do beets with just beet greens, things like that. The leaves are able to soak up a little bit more photo and do a little more photosynthesizing than anything like tomatoes or anything. You can limb up your trees. That's helpful. And if you can relocate your veggie garden to a sunnier area, that's helpful. Or at least grow your tomatoes in pots somewhere in the sun. Um, and you may want to eventually start turning that vegetable garden maybe into more of a, a beautiful woodland garden with some dry shade plants. Uh, go to the Internet and uh, download a book called The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. There's a whole page on dry shade, um, things like that that will help you. There's not a vegetable page in there, but there's a lot of good. And that you can get that book for free online. So it's The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. We'll give you some ideas about things you can grow in the shade or steep slopes or dealing with deer and all kinds of cool things like that. But, good deal. Yeah. I want to make mention, too, that our friends at By the Yard sponsor the show every week. Who's By the Yard? Those are those folks down in Jordan, Minnesota that make uh, the best patio furniture you never have to store. We'll talk about that a little bit later on this hour, but thanks to Buy the Yard. Texter says, I have two crabapple trees next to a big maple, both of them leaning, guessing to get sun. That's right. Can they be staked to straighten? Both are about eight years old. You could try staking them, but they're just going to keep leaning. The growth will be more on the sunnier side. That's what plants do. They know where the sun is, and they lean toward that. So maybe limb up the maple, uh, just remove a few limbs on that side to give them a little more sun. You you could stake your trees. I mean, they're not going to lean so far that they fall over, but they're probably not going to be straight. Maybe just live with the leaning and, and enjoy how beautiful they are yeah. at that different angle. If you want to phone in your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, 651-989-9226. Again, we have a bunch of text messages as well. 
800-981-8807. We were talking earlier this morning, Teresa, about, uh, well, the forecast. We don't see a lot of chances of rain this Gotta week. Start watering. And, yeah, we... uh Gotta start watering. And I'm hearing in the news they're using that word drought, yes. possibly. Yes. So protect our water. Water properly. Water the yeah. soil, not the plants. Water earlier in the morning so the plants can dry off. If you do get them wet, water occasionally and deeply. Okay. Uh, let's see. Texter says, good morning. This is Bob. My concern is I have six 22-year-old pine trees in my backyard, and we noticed in the last couple of years that there is a lot of branches, uh, many branches dying, turning brown. My yard uh, is, is a lot of sand. Would like to know what's going on and if there's anyone out there that can look at them and maybe tell me how to treat them. Yep. Um, so first of all, contact your city office, see if they have a city forester to come out. They'll do that for free. Otherwise, find a local certified arborist, and they can come out and look and diagnose what's going on with your with your trees. They'll want to look at the needles, see if there's spores on them, uh, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And they'll look for diseases and insects. But I would do that as quickly as possible. So if you can save them, you can save them. I like the idea of a certified arborist. Certified. We have some really yeah. good ones. We have a lot of good ones. Here. So don't just call any Joe Blow tree company. Right. Make sure they have a certified arborist. And usually they'll come out and often it's a it's a courtesy call and then hopefully you'll go with them for whatever business you yeah. need. But there may be a charge that but you can discuss that with them. Very good. By the way, some folks think that we can accept or get or receive, I should say, uh, pictures with text. We cannot. We can get we can get we can <laughs> get the text. 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 Yeah, text is text, yeah. That's right. Sorry That's right. I'm not so good at this text stuff either. okay. 81807 for your text messages or call us as we head to this quick break, 651-989-9226. It's the Smart Garden Show here on 830-WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show. Your uh, lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text. If you're just joining us, good morning. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener is with us this morning. You were mentioning, you were you and I were mm-hmm. talking offline about pictures. we can't pick, accept, receive pictures, mm-hmm. receive the text messages in the text, mm-hmm. but not the pictures. However, however, there is an Ask a Master Gardener online that you can send pictures to. Uh-huh. So you can go online and find that and send them pictures and they'll they'll work their best little magic to get your answers for you. Or bring the picture on your phone or whatever to uh, a farmer's market. Lots of Master Gardeners are there. Uh, at most farmers markets, or go to our plant sale and bring your picture. And that's today at Normandale. That's today at Normandale. Very good. I hope the plant committees, uh, sale committees, are happy. I'm. Oh, I'm this. sure they are. Yeah, I'm going to send them to Bill when I'm done. That's good. <laughs> Do that. Back to the phones we go. Winnie is calling from West St. Paul with a question. Winnie, you're on uh, CCO. Good morning. Hi, Winnie. Good morning. Uh, at Easter, I was given a pot of flowering bulbs, and they were beautiful. Can I successfully transplant them to my backyard? They were tulips and daffodils and more. Mm-hmm. Two of them looked like uh, miniature lilacs. Okay, so they were yep, those are hyacinths. Color. Yep, those are hyacinths. Um, you can try. Uh, you can go ahead and transplant them um, right away. Uh, what happens is when they have these bulbs in containers, they force them, and that really messes the bulb up. It, it gets them out of season, and it takes a lot of energy, and they don't have um, as much uh, chance to come back. But you can always try it, and if they don't come back, then it's just compost in the soil. If they do come back, it may only be leaves. Um, they may eventually die, or they may reflower. So it doesn't hurt to try if you have the room and want to remember that beautiful bouquet. 
Mm-hmm. All right, very good. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Winnie. Uh, Wayne is calling from New Hope with a question. Good morning, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Good morning. Thank you. Um, see, I have a question here for you about radishes. I moved my garden recently about, uh, oh, maybe 60, 70 feet from where it was. We planted the radishes now for two solid years, and we get the head of the radish. The radish proper is long. It's it's uh, The root is like woody. four or five inches long. Yeah, it's all cannot... woody. It doesn't bulb out. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, yeah. The, I, there could be some micronutrients missing in the soil, or there could just be a little too high in nitrogen in that soil. So you may want to have your soil tested. Uh, and also make sure you're planting your radishes much earlier than maybe you needed to before. Maybe it's a warmer location, and it heats up a lot faster than than it did before. Radishes like it really cool. And when it turns hot, they'll still grow beautiful leaves, but they just don't root very well. Make sure the soil's really nice and loose for them. So maybe do a little bit of extra digging. Um, maybe throw some compost in there and plant them a little bit earlier than you have been. And that may help you with that. And back off on the nitrogen. All right. Very good, good Wayne. Thank you. 651-989-9226. I see a line open. If you want to use that to ask Teresa your question, otherwise send a text, 81807. Here's one. What is the best way to care for New Guinean patients in hanging baskets? Is there a way to prevent powdery mildew? Uh, in a hanging basket, you shouldn't be getting a lot of powdery mildew uh, because it's so usually there's a lot of air circulation. But if you can include, improve, improve the air circulation, make sure you're not getting the leaves of the plants wet and they're not under a downspout or something like that where they're getting dripped on an awful lot. And if you still find that you're getting uh, a, a lot of powdery mildew on that, you may want to next year uh, start a fungicide earlier um, on that uh, product, on that plant planter before you see the powdery mildew. Otherwise, if you can just you know get more air circulation and not get the leaves wet, you stand a better chance with no powdery mildew. All right. Very good. Let's see. Preparing a garden for a new strawberry bed. Not sure what was there previous years, but last year it went to the weeds. Pulled all the weeds. Should we treat with a weed killer before planting the new strawberry plants? I would not treat with a weed killer, no, because any weed killer will be a broadleaf weed killer, and strawberries are broadleaves, and you will kill the strawberries too. So don't treat with a weed killer. Uh, Just plant your strawberries uh, maybe mulch very well, and just keep an eye on those weeds. Um, and the more you start tilling that soil, the more weed seeds you're bringing to the surface, so the more weeds you will get in there. So so try not to do a lot of extra tilling if you don't have to, but mulching will really help you keep down the weeds. Good morning, Texter says. We are moving to a townhouse only allow potted plants. Is it possible to transplant my hydrangea to a planter so I can take it with? It was a special gift. You can try it. It's going to be hard to winter it over. So keep friends with someone who has a garden. And then in the fall, take that hydrangea and sink the whole pot into their garden, um, into their bed of garden soil, and then dig it up in the spring. You can try that. You can try bringing the hydrangea in during the winter. I don't know how it's going to survive in our houses. Our houses are so dry and, and dark, but you can give it a shot. But plants above ground don't do all that well for us during Minnesota winters. The plants freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw. The roots, every freeze and thaw cycle, you get more roots destroyed. So eventually the plant just doesn't come out of dormancy in the fall, in the spring. If you'd like to send Teresa your text, 81807. Keep in mind, we'll take a break here shortly. We have another half hour of the show to go. So uh, calls, text messages, we have time for yours. What can I do, Texas says, to keep my cut lilacs from drooping? 
Um, make sure that you have a lot of water. Uh, you may want to even um, um, break the stem a little bit, do fresh cuts, and, um, and, and then give them as much water as possible. They really drink water like crazy. And then the sap in that, in that will seal up, so you may need to make fresh cuts almost every day. And and just let them droop. That's part of the gorgeousness of a lilac. The just the droopy, yeah. blousy look of it. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh, I tell you what. Let's take a break, Teresa. Okay. We have callers. We have textures. We'll get more uh, on the CCO on the way here. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio. Uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is with us. And by the way, this show is sponsored every week by our good friends down in Jordan, Minnesota, that make the best patio furniture in the whole world. It's called by the art stuff you don't ever have to store. You like that stuff too. I, I love know you my, do. Yes, <laughs> really is. talk about a green company. Yes. They have different colored furniture. Mm-hmm. You my know what, furniture you know what isn't I mean. green. Mm-hmm. No, it's All green right. but not green. I got you. Fifty-seven is our Twin City temperature reading. If you have a lawn or garden question, bring it in by phone at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or send Teresa your text. We've got a bunch of those, Teresa, 81807. Nelson is on the phone, though, with a question, I believe. Uh, Nelson, what's your question for Teresa? Hi, Nelson. Hi, Hi, uh, Teresa. Denny, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I I went to the farm store and got my shady mixed grass seed and and raked up the bare spots and Mm -hmm. broadcast it, and it rained. So now what do I do? Keep it moist. You want to water frequently during the day. Uh, maybe two or three times, just to keep that topsoil moist. The moisture um, breaks the seed dormancy, breaks that seed coat, and wakes those seeds up. So you don't need to water deeply, just a little bit, just, um, a, just, oh, just okay. a tiny bit. Yeah, because just early in the morning, and you may want to do it again in the afternoon if it looks pretty dry out there. Because we don't have a lot of humidity some days, so if it's kind of or if it's windy, that'll dry that soil out yeah, too. I was told a seven to ten day, uh, what do you call it, period where. It germinates or something? It germinates, yep. So it'll tell you the germination rate on the bag. And it could be seven days. It could be, you know, three days. It could be 21 days. depends on the seed mix. Okay. And as soon as it starts germinating, you'll water it a little bit deeply. And then it's just like any brand new little plant. You want to take care of it and make sure that you're giving it water when it needs water. Yes. Good luck. And mm-hmm. then you can mow it. And then you can feed it and mow it. Um, make sure you, you mow it twice before you put down any fertilizer in that area so it's strong enough to withstand the fertilizer and doesn't get burned. So, yep, then you can mow it. All right, very good. <laughs> Thanks, Nelson. 651-989-9226. Uh, text 81807. Let me bring you this text, Teresa. Knockout roses, there yes, is such a thing. There is right? such a thing. Mm-hmm. I've had them, Texter says, for 14 years in the north side of my house. I had to replace all three of them three years ago. They need to be replaced again this year. My question is related to winterizing. I keep them moist until the freeze, cover them with several inches of mulch leaves. Is there anything else I can do to make sure they survive the winter? Cover them with anything? Is there any special fertilizer Mm -hmm. for these roses? And is miracle Grow okay? miracle Grow would be fine. That's like a fast food, so it's not going not gonna to feed them very long. Um, the last fertilizer you want to give to your perennials is about August 1st, August 5th, uh, because then they have to go into dormancy, and you don't want them to um, be thinking about um, accessing that fertilizer when they should be going into dormancy. So do, do give them one last feeding um, of regular granular fertilizer, like once a month and the last one in August 1st. Um, I'm not sure why you're growing roses on the north side of your house. I'm I'm thinking it might be very bright there, but roses do need full sun. If they're not getting full sun, that means they could be stressed, and that could be why you're losing them. Maybe you have more shade there than you had before. Uh, you don't normally have to cover the knockouts. They're really strong. I would protect them from rabbits 
and deer if you have those issues. Um, put fencing up for them. If you want to the first year, put some leaves over them. Once the ground starts to freeze, you can do that. Um, wait till that ground's almost frozen, though, before you put that winter mulch on. Uh, so I'm not sure why they're dying. I'd like to know, first of all, why they're dying, whether it's... You know, they're being eaten, uh, whether they're just not enough sun and they're not making it through the winter because they've been stressed, or if you have voles or something that are eating the roots um, because you might cover them too early. So those are some options to look at. And Fair. also go to the Extension website, extension.umn.edu, and see if they have any other ideas. And that good luck with your roses. I was telling somebody the other day, what a great resource it's that wonderful. website is. It's wonderful. So and much it's all about Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you live in Wisconsin, it's okay, too, but... Yeah. You know, we allow you to go on. We, the we allow you to go there, but but I mean, it's all about plants we grow here. So you don't have to go to the Florida University and try to interpret yeah. it. It's about plants that we can grow here in our climate and our temperature. Good and, point. Yeah, so it's wonderful. Ginger is calling from Springfield with a question. Ginger, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Ginger. Hello there. Um, yeah, we have a kind of a raised garden bed, and mm-hmm. we draw. Uh, grow vegetables in there and it's so um heavy so hard Mm -hmm. like clay like so i don't know if there's something we can do with that there is compost compost and add some more compost Every year, just add compost, you know, and mix it in really well in the spring. You can even mix in a big batch in the fall. Make sure you're covering the ground in the fall with leaves just as it starts before we get that first snow or once the ground is frozen. You want to protect that soil structure. You can pull those leaves off in the spring so it warms up. Um, add compost. You can even side dress all your plants with compost, and that will help. And make sure you're not stepping on the, on the soil. Try not to walk in your garden bed at all. And uh, that will help uh, with that soil compaction. But with a heavy clay soil, you're going to have to keep adding compost. With a really light, sandy soil, you're going to need to add compost. So compost is pretty much the answer. Okay, very good. Uh, let's see who's next. Then we've got to get back to some text messages. Uh, Sheila is calling in from Farmington, I believe. Sheila, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. I enjoy listening to you every week. Thank you. Um, the reason I'm calling is about 15 years ago, I took a good portion of my backyard and turned it into prairie because oh, nice. I didn't want to have to mow it. And um, about three years ago, um, I, I've been dealing, for about three years, I've been dealing with some sciatica and have not been able to do the kind of hand weeding that I was used to doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the lawn has grown into the prairie, and I'm wondering if there's a way to get rid of that grass. There, Well, there is. You could use a grass killer. It will kill your prairie grasses too, but it won't hurt the broadleafed weeds. Um, it will also, if you have lilies or alliums or anything out there, it will hurt them also. So it, it won't hurt your broadleaf. Um, otherwise, just digging it out is the best way. You could spot treat it very carefully with this broad, with this grass killer. Um, it'll say grass be gone or grass killer, and it doesn't hurt your broadleaf weeds. And just carefully maybe put a take a box or take a coffee can, cut both ends off so you have like a little cylinder or a little square cylinder. That doesn't make sense, but just put that over and then spray inside that box so that box or that's that coffee ground 
coffee can will protect the other plants. Let it dry for, you know, five, two minutes, three minutes, and then move on to the next spot and, and hit the grass that way. That might be the easiest way to go. And then, then just spot weed when you have to. And uh, maybe then put a really good border between the prairie and the grasses that you want to keep separate, whether that's a brick or whether that's a good mulch border so you can see when things are starting to, to creep over. That might help too. Good luck. Right. Very good. Texas says tulips are so short-lived or lived, as some people say, Mm -hmm. and I wonder what to do with the foliage that remains. Is there another plant to pair with them? Oh, sure. Um, You know, you can plant them depending upon uh, any plant will work. Uh, Grasses work, ornamental grasses, daylilies work. Um, because they have a similar leaf structure. Any of your perennials will work. If it's in your hosta bed, your hostas will work. They'll cover those those leaves. You do need to let the, the tulip leaves stay there, as you know, so they can keep photosynthesizing. Once they start to brown up and dry, you can cut them off, but you don't want to be braiding them or cutting them off because that's they're grabbing energy for next year's flowers. But, um, yeah, just about any any perennial plant, you can easily just plant near your tulips. And, and the beauty of that perennial plant will draw away from the um, the not-so-beautiful parts of your tulips. <laughs> and if you can just look at those tulip leaves, maybe they're not the most gorgeous thing in the world, but you know they're getting ready for next year's flowers. So maybe look at them that way. Good point. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go back to the phones. Uh, Marilyn is calling from Cottage Grove. Marilyn, you're on with Teresa on CCL. Hi, Marilyn. Good morning. I have both Christmas and Easter cactus that are, look very healthy, but in I just recently moved, and where I moved from, it was a north-facing, mm-hmm. was all the light I got, and neither one of them bloomed. Mm-hmm. Now that we, I've moved again, they have east-facing light. Mm-hmm. However, the um, the largest one I have is about three feet across. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it shows it's about 30 years old. Mm-hmm. I've had it that long. Mm-hmm. It's bloomed every year. Actually, they compete, and they both bloom at Christmas and mm-hmm. Easter. And um, it does not show any signs of of uh, blooms, flowers, mm-hmm. although a small one, I made a baby out of, out of one of them, and um, it bloomed right after I moved in. Mm-hmm. Now, both show new growth, mm-hmm. um, but no... Flowers. Yep, they could just, you could have just knocked them out of their sequence. They've suddenly got a lot more light. They're going to be fine once they get back into rhythm again, but they weren't stressed. They're going like, oh, this is really nice here. We don't have to be stressed and try to flower. So give them, just give them a year to adjust, um, and they should be fine. If you want to, you can give them a little extra fertilizer as you normally would have after they bloomed or however you were handling them all these years. So get back into that rhythm. Just pretend they bloomed when they should and just keep doing what you're doing, and they'll fall back into the rhythm too. They'll get used to that level of light. They'll know that, hey, we can really flower much more beautifully here, and we'll give you a good show. And congratulations on those on those cactus cacti. They're absolutely gorgeous when they're that big and old and yeah. that have that history. Nice. Texter says this, Teresa, my apple tree has lots of blossoms. Do we need to remove some of the future small apples, or does the tree drop them on its own? Yes. 
The tree, <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, the tr- I would uh, once the apples start getting bigger, I would definitely try to call some of those apples, especially if it's a smaller tree. Um, it'll help you get bigger fruit and better fruit rather than a whole bunch of little little yucky fruit. But understand, in June, there's um, the apples will also abort some of the fruit on their own. That's called a windfall, and you just pick that up and toss it in the compost bin or feed it to the chickens or whatever you're going to do with it. Um, but you can do both because not all of the windfall is enough to get you a nice big apple. Sometimes you have to help Mother Nature out a bit like that. All Any, right. Okay. No, very good. We have to take just a real quick break, yeah. Teresa. We'll uh, we'll come back in uh, just a moment with more. 651-989-9226 or send a text 81807. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out by phone and by text. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of both. Excellent. So let's get to it. Okay. Uh, George is calling in from Edina, I believe. George, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, George. Uh, Good morning, all. I have two questions. Number one, I sprayed Roundup in my vegetable garden where I grown tomatoes, pepper plants, etc. I'm wondering this year, can I still planning that or is there an effective last time on roundup and secondly my yard man when he did my overseeding last year got a bunch of grass seed into a hosta bed around my maple tree what is the easiest way to get rid of that uh, grass other than digging it out <laughs> okay two options uh well with roundup uh find that chem- find the product you used and read the instructions it's probably going to be okay there are some that have extended uh, periods, so there's not only one variety of Roundup. They have different formulations, so you're going to have to look at the at the little bottle or whatever you used on that. Um, for the grass in the hosta bed, you can use a grass begone or grass killer on that. Just read and follow the instructions. It'll only heal, kill the grasses. It won't kill your broadleaf plants, which are your hostas and, and any other broadleaf plants. If you have um, any daffodils or tulips are in that area, try not to spray their leaves because they'll be killed also by it. Okay. I think. Very good. Thank you, George. Thanks. Larry is calling from Maple Lake with a question. Larry, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Larry. Oh, hi there. Yes. Uh, what what a show. I love it. Oh. Anyway, uh, two years uh, in the fall of 2016, we bought a, a rose, a hardy rose from a well-known nursery in Minneapolis, and we planted it with uh, appropriate uh, um, organic material and uh, rose uh, fertilizer. Mm-hmm. We had beautiful blooms last year. It grew about a, oh, four to six inches, and we were snowbirds this winter and uh, came back this spring, and now uh, it's dead, absolutely dead. Well, it might not be dead. I mean, it may have died to the ground, so just cut off the dead stuff. Um, and, and give it some time. It may come back from the roots. It, it may not, but it may come back. Give it a good drink of water. I think this winter was just a little weird because we had that late snow, and that may have messed up some plants. Things are really blooming and growing out of season, and the soil hasn't been thawed out that long. So I would I would give it some time, carefully cut it back, and, and just remember that, that in the next year, if, if it doesn't come back and you want to plant that same one again, make sure it is hardy for here and that you don't have to cover it. 
the first year, um, as that other lady does with her roses, water up until the frost. You want to keep watering until the ground is almost frozen. And uh, one last fertilizer in August for these, uh, per, um, the granular fertilizer. And also then the first year, treat them as a baby and just cover them a little bit. Cover that root, those root structures a little bit. Protect them from the rabbits if possible fencing and and things like that and then the second the next spring they should be fine so good luck i hope it comes back for you all right i think our final caller will be steve in uh, buffalo steve you're on cco good morning hi steve oh steve is not listening he's listening to the radio oh no i'm gonna give him there's a delay i'm I'm just gonna i'm gonna give him two (laughs) sets steve are you there steve hi steve yes okay um i'd like to know how to plant marigolds i got a bag of seeds Oh, good. Um, just rough up the area um, and then smooth it out where you're going to plant them. Uh, sprinkle the seeds down, press them into the soil, cover them with maybe um, oh, about a quarter of an inch of soil and keep it moist and they'll come up. They sprout very quickly. Um, just keep that soil moist, just like as with the grass question earlier in the show. Um, just keep it moist. Once they come up and growing, um, you can back off on the watering a little bit, but they do need to be watered well. And as they keep growing, they're really nice. So. Teresa Texter says this, the winter left us with large patches of dead grass in the lawn. Any suggestions? Yep, reseed. Um, you you know, we're getting to the time of the year when it's almost getting sort of hot, too hot to start reseeding, so mm. I'd reseed quickly. Um, and then um, and then in the fall, you may want to reseed over again. And just try to figure out why did those patches die out? Um, were they were they bad grass? Are you getting more shade? Um, I would go to the extension.umn.ed website. Look at Sam's and his group's um, pages on, on grasses and lawns and things like that. Though There's a lot of great information. It may give you some insight as to what happened there. Good luck. We have, Texture says, mature junipers that are brown on the top layer from winter burn. Any way to salvage them with pruning? Yep, cut off the dead stuff. Dead is dead. It's never coming back. Junipers often have growing points. Um, once you um, put light on those growing points, they should fluff out again for you. Creeping Charlie. All help, right, all help, right, all right. Help the Texture says. <laughs> we have to get a Creeping Charlie award. We do, we do. I'm Creeping Charlie. So when it's blooming, you can... You can Spray it with a, a broadleaf fertilizer, a weed killer, weed killer that says um, for creeping Charlie. Uh, and then in the fall, you'll probably have to reapply that uh, according to the instructions after the first moderate frost. Both of those times, the plant's a little more receptive to grabbing that energy and pulling that poison into the, into the plant itself. So just get the broadleaf weed killer. Um, also, weeding by hand, you can do that all summer long if you're bored. And it's a very therapeutic thing. Just keep weeding Creeping Charlie. Uh, if it does go to bloom, make sure that you can cut those blooms off before they go to seed. And remember, wherever you had Creeping Charlie before, you probably have a big seed bank in the soil. So try not to dig up the soil and wake those seeds up. We have less than a minute to go. When's a good time to transplant lilacs? I would do that uh, in... Tricky one. I would do that in the fall. So you can do a root pruning as soon as the lilacs are done blooming this year. Uh, Where you're going to cut the plant, where you're going to move it, um, just put your shovel all the way down, straight down, uh, or ring around the plant. And then in the fall, just do that again and dig up the plant and move it carefully. Speaking of plants, sale going on in Normandale. Normandale College, Master Gardner, Hennepin County plant sale, 9 to 1-ish. 9 to 1, so the, yeah, that's the but, window. But but go fast because it goes quick. It goes quickly, wow. yes. All right, Teresa, All right, good to thanks, see you Danny, again. good to see you. And uh, we'll have more uh, Smart Garden Show coming up uh, next week here on CCU. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.